Welcome to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling. You are about to discover impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you, so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Be sure you visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century. Welcome everyone to the Find Your Leadership Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Nethling, coming to you from Roswell, Georgia. The goal of our podcast is to share guests and topics that will empower you to grow as a confident leader, to take your business or your life to the next level. Today, I am so excited to introduce to you Rich LaMonica. And let me tell you about Rich. He has a great background. He is a 22-year military veteran of the U.S. Army and was deployed on multiple occasions to support the global war on terrorism. I think we'd probably do a whole podcast on that experience. It was during this career, he evolved as a leader of people, his education from great mentors who showed him how to take care of people. He retired in 2015 and went through the entire year of self-reflection as he transitioned to civilian life. Those 365 days of reflection from retiring to finding a job taught him valuable lessons about transition. This has powered his drive to help others, especially veterans, as they go through the transition and any roadblocks that they are hitting. He is a motivational speaker who discusses mindset, resilience, grit, and more skills that will make you find your purpose, no matter what journey you have been on. Our theme today is one that I love, which is leading a positive mindset. Please join me in welcoming my guest, Rich LaMonica. Rich, so great to meet you. Oh, it's awesome to be here, Thea. I was humbled when you asked me to be on the show and I said, yeah, I'm going to jump on this. And thankfully, we're able to do this now. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting. I just got finished interviewing someone else that took a whole year from (laughs) this job to this job to, and I thought I was the only one that took forever to to make my mind up what I wanted to do. I just had to make sure things perfect. So it's very interesting. But I think in a lot of ways, that's a good thing to do. That reflectiveness, I think, gives us better guidance. Oh, yes, I have no doubt it was. It, it wasn't by choice. I, I was trying to find jobs and my wife <laughs> wanted me to find jobs because she really just wanted me out of the house. She was so used to me not being home because in 22 years in the military, most of them 21 plus with her, I wasn't home that often. So when I was yeah. home for an entire year straight, she didn't know what to do. And she, <laughs> she wanted me to go someplace. I said, don't you have to do anything? And it was just problems at home. So she really wanted it to happen. So you have to reflect and dig deep inside and find that resilience and until that one person opens the door for you. Yeah. Before we get going into the meat questions, um, what part of the country do you call home now? 
Uh, Tennessee, right outside of Nashville. Oh, so you're not too far from me. And I just was in Nashville, and that's what I got the COVID. <laughs> oh, see that? You're welcome. <laughs> oh, no. Thank you very much. And the sad thing is, if we go, side note, I didn't go to any of the clubs, which I have been desperately, this is my fourth time visiting your wonderful city, desperately wanting to go see like Luke Bryan's place or, or you know, somewhere that uh, I could enjoy the country music and the stars that I love. And no, <laughs> I decided, no, there's too much COVID out there. I'm just going to stay in the Opryland. Oh, yeah, that's a that's a bad place right there for because you get everyone, <laughs> everywhere goes to Opryland. So. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so that that did not do me well. So how do you fight through the worst days of your life? We all have them. We all think that there's no the light in the end of the tunnel. How do you how do you fight through that? You got to reach down deep, kind of like my job journey. Uh, if I go back to 2010, December 31st, 2010, uh, is really the solidification of the Misfit Nation, where my podcast comes from now. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry for a platoon where our name was the Misfits because we came from all different <laughs> walks of life and different job sites. And we formed a platoon, a bond, a brotherhood, sisterhood, a family. And on December 31st of 2010, we lost one of our funniest guys, our mm. like our motivational dude. He anytime we he knew we were down, he'd do something to make us laugh. Mm. But on that day, at eight in the morning, he was taken from us by the Taliban. He stepped on a pressure plate, or him or <sighs> stepped on a pressure plate, and we lost him. I was notified, and I sunk within myself. But I also knew that I had to stand up, so my my soldiers would know that they can stand up. Yeah. For the next four months, we'd have to lead forward and try not to do anything in crazy that would put us on CNN or Fox News that said in a negative light. Mm-hmm. Wanted us to continue that mission and make sure we were successful. So I dug deep and I thought back to all the things my dad had taught me about being resilient and being uh, having a strong mind and moving forward positively. And that's what I did. I just led positively. I, I took all my my junior leaders aside and told them individually. And that night we told all the soldiers what happened and that, that gave time for the family to get notified as well. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't nothing going on on like uh, email and stuff like that. Telling yeah. that our, our buddy died or whatever. But by the time we told them, all of us had a, a game plan and a way to come from that, the depth of that hard day and still come out with a positive mindset and lead forward with positivity, knowing saying this is how he would want us to do it. Yeah. And we need to get through this and get to April and get home. And then from there, we'll build our legacy in his honor. Yeah. And that's so great to, to really put yourselves above, you know, there, the whole helping him, what would he want above your feelings, your pain and all that. I, I know that does help you get through it. Definitely does. And uh, it, it taught us all valuable lessons and we're all close now to this nice. day. And they helped me with the launch of the Misfit Nation podcast. So it was awesome. So I, I don't have this question, but it that what you just said kind of stirred a question in me. You're, you talked about that community, that family that you have. How important is you to have that family that community stay with the right mindset or to make sure that the people that are in your community keep that mindset and those that maybe are towards the negative nellies or whatever you just disassociate us somewhat with how how can you do that in in your world 
And as I transitioned, like you talk about that 365 days, I learned a whole different uh, type of people on the civilian side. It's a whole different world on the civilian side. Yeah. But, but now I'm surrounded with other retired military guys. So it's kind of the same family, but mm-hmm. there are those in the family that are negative about everything. I mean, you can yeah. say the sky is blue. No, it's not. <laughs> it really is. And it truly is. Here's a picture here. There it is. But it, it kind of throws you off. But like you said, if your circle, your inner circle isn't cheerleading for you, they're part of your problem, not part of your family. So kind of just mm-hmm. push them out to the exterior of that circle and keep that inner circle tight. Your inner circle is usually five to 10 people yeah. that you can rely on for anything. You can have a no questions asked favor. They'll do that for you. And then you have those outliers. And most of my inner circle is not blood family. It's family yeah. I've met along the way. And yeah. I keep them tight and we all are one phone call away from each other. I so relate to that. So we kind of touched on this, but explain to us in your thoughts and in your opinion, what a positive mindset looks like. What does it feel like? So leading with a positive mindset, you have to look for the good, find the good. Don't always look for the bad, kind of like the negative Nancy kind of Mm -hmm. thing. Always find the good, find the good in everybody and work that good. Don't waste it. So if Johnny or Joni are doing great things, celebrate their good things and push them up and bring breed positivity towards them. And that mindset also, it'll flow through everybody. And once you give that responsibility to, to them to be positive and move forward, they'll lead it to their people and the whole organization will grow in that manner. If you keep your skill set uh, close hold to your chest, you're not doing anyone a favor. You're taking something that you learned along the way and just wasting it. Yeah. So you have to share the positive uh, notes that you have, even the negative notes, tell them what failures you have or uh, shortcomings so that they know they don't need to make those same mistakes. And you keep them, you keep your positive mindset, even, even outlook. I mean, even though they know that you had failures, but you kept standing up every time mm-hmm. you fall down yeah, because you're judged by, by how many times you fall. It's by how many times you get back Abs- up. Absolutely. Definitely. I know um, I do Darren Hardy's um, her hero's journey uh, now a couple years in a row. And he talks about your character diamond and that the flaws in a diamond is what makes a diamond so brilliant and bright and unique. And, and if you look at a person in that way, that, that we want to know your flaw, your flaws, your authentic self, because that gives us really um, a positive light on who you are. Exactly. How did, what did you learn as serving in the army uh, as you said you've transitioned now to the the real world if we'll call it that but but for now talk to me about serving in the army um, what did you learn i learned that when i first joined i didn't know everything i thought i knew so <laughs> that's everywhere <laughs> young young uh, men and women when you're uh, in late teens early 20s you think you know everything yeah. everything's solid you have it all down pat when I went into my first active duty uh, unit and I met a Sergeant Humberto Lopez, he taught me pretty quickly. I didn't know anything. <laughs> and I learned uh, via push-ups, pull-ups, uh, <laughs> hips, and him just having talks with us every day. He took us aside and talked to us. And he taught us a lesson every day, whether we wanted to or not. He taught us a lesson. And, and that was in 1993 I met him and I still... I tell people his name still. I still remember everything he taught me from the, the year and a half I was with him. And 
those lessons uh, molded me for my career. And as you move forward, you I took that mindset of not knowing anything and learning from him what I knew and just kind of built and kept shining that rock as I went forward. So mm. building my leadership skills by leaders I've met, I want to focus on you because you're an awesome leader. So I want to be like you. So I take those traits and bring them with me, put in my little mm. tool bag. And yeah. then so for 22 years, I just was like a sponge learning from everyone else and not realizing that people were learning from me on the same way. As I yeah. passed, moved up, they were still learning from me. And now I have uh, soldiers that are way past where I was and doing great things still for the Army. Yeah, because as you go, you you emulate those things that you like, that you you saw value of. And people are always watching. People right. are always watching from the children to uh, the the partners that you have, to your your Army team. So in life now, you, you, you've gone and you've, you've spent a year, you reflected, you're in the, the business world, and uh, what lessons have you now learned in the last couple of years? I learned my, well, my first job, I worked for a veteran nonprofit, and I learned there really quickly that when it says veteran nonprofit, it doesn't really mean that it's all about the veteran, and when it's a nonprofit, it's all still about the bottom line money. Yeah. And the, the veteran is usually the, the factor that gets them the money. So I mean, I stayed there. I stayed there two years because for one, most veterans leave their job after one year. So I didn't want to be a statistic. <laughs> I, I okay. that statistic. So I stayed two years. I enjoyed mentoring other veterans on their yeah. transition, uh, taking my transition as a lesson of how things can go wrong in your transition and giving them the life lessons that way. But then the second year, I started thinking that I need to find something else. And then I just stumbled into something. One of my former leaders said, hey, I got a job. You want to come here? So this month marks four years I've been working and training soldiers now for four years on emerging threats. And it's an amazing job. You get the, you get a fulfillment every time you train a soldier and they get something out of it. And you know you're sending them overseas wherever they go with the, the tools to succeed and come back nice. home. So it really helps. And all the leadership lessons I learned when I was in the uniform, they transitioned pretty easily to what I do now. And they transitioned easily to my first job as well. Cause there's all the veterans I was working with. Mm -hmm. So it kind of worked very well. You just get, you can't curse as much in the civilian world, but you just do things. <laughs> you learn to speak without cursing. <laughs> I don't know. I've been on some, some jobs, so that's not true. <laughs> but anyway, um, one of the things that I notice, I work with the youth and one of the groups I, I work in the schools with is the Junior Leadership Corps, which are all facilitated by ex-Army, Marine, uh, Navy, and um, Air Force folks. And I love the lessons that, and I can imagine as you were talking that, you know, I could see any of those guys doing what you do because they always shared life lessons like there was always something that they could relate back to the kids, a lesson in that failure or that opportunity or, you know, making them think. And I think as you're a teacher, these young people that are going possibly at harm's way, making them have the opportunity to still think in times of danger is probably a skill that most of us don't have. Definitely. And it's something we I learned over time to basically think three steps ahead all the time. Yeah. And knowing if I do this here, what's going to happen there? Mm -hmm. that, uh, I learned that probably six or seven years into my career that if I break this here, all this breaks. So yeah. if I don't do this uh, mission correctly, 
all the missions go downhill from there. So I have to make sure I plan ahead on all of them to make sure we do everything right. And to your point on going into the schools, I my wife's a teacher, so I get to go in here. She has me come in as kind of like a shock and awe sometimes when the, she teaches eighth graders, so they sometimes need it. And uh, I go in there and I tell my story, and usually you get some of them with their eyes wide open, jaws dropping. And then it's usually a little boy, they'll ask, uh, did you kill anyone? Mm. I only had I've had one girl in her class ask that one girl ever asked me that question and that shocked me so I was like in awe so what okay so but I never so we never usually none of my friends ever admit to doing things like that we just dance around the subject things mm-hmm. things went on or whatever and we made it home that's that's what happened so mm-hmm. you just try to teach them as well as possible but you always think if I tell them I killed someone what's going to happen to them what are they going to do next yeah right so other things and make them be positive moving forward. Yeah, and I think also the lesson you're teaching them is just, you know, we teach in business how those small wins. So everything that you do has an impact, some ripple effect, no matter what. And um, being aware of that ripple and is that end result, maybe years from now, what you're going to be proud of. Definitely. And uh, something we like to say on with the Misfit Nation is stacking victories. Yeah, yeah. Early in the morning. When you stand up out of bed, that's a victory for most of us. <laughs> Make your bed, brush your teeth. Those are victories. Just stack them up end it, at the end of every day. See how many you got and then challenge yourself mm-hmm. the next day to see if you can do one more. Yeah. Stack those victories every day. That's that journal of gratitude, right? Right. So why are you such a good guy? <laughs> this is My daughter loves this one here. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, <laughs> it's from a movie, uh, 10 Reasons. Uh, it's a Robert De Niro movie when he was in high in a uh, um, he was hiding from the mafia. I guess he was in mm-hmm. the protection program. And yeah, was, I, I know the movie. You <laughs> see, that's why I'm a good guy. And, I, and that's I, since I grew up Italian in New York and New Jersey, <laughs> my daughter always says, why are you a good da- guy, Daddy? And I always give her a new reason every day. So I always try to go out of my way to help others. And I don't expect anything back ever. And if I get something back, it's, it's uh, I guess, icing on the cake. Yeah. I don't ask for anything. I If someone is in need, I'm probably going to be the one that runs and helps them. But then when I'm in need, I don't usually ask for help. I just do it until someone knocks on the door and says, hey, what are you doing? Well, I just broke this door. Can you help me? All right, good. So they come and help me. But I don't ask for help. I usually just knucklehead it through it. But I will help anyone that asks for it. Well, we need to teach you to delegate sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll work on that one. We'll, we'll have records down. <laughs> so uh, Tennessee... Um, Tell us what you know about NASCAR. <laughs> NASCAR, well, up until 2005, yeah, 2005, I thought it was just a, something on TV that people watched and drove here to <laughs> and drove in a circle. And then I got stationed in Alabama, not far from Talladega. Mm. And my job, we couldn't work when Talladega was in town because it was too dangerous for what we were doing. We were destroying uh, chemical weapons at our, where we are stockpiling chemical weapons. So we couldn't do that because there was a whole new city because all the people to come to Talladega. Yeah. And most of my employees, all the people that worked with us, they worked at the track during race week as security <laughs> or safety. And they say, hey, you want a job? I said, I have a job. But, so they got me a job doing security in pit row. And oh, my, wow. first, my first race was the when they were filming Talladega Nights. So I walk in and I see <laughs> a barrel and the whole crew is like, what is going on here? All these stars come to races. There's no, they're filming movies. Oh, this is outstanding. <laughs> and I got to be in pit row during the filming. I was there for the national anthem. And then, of course, I was there for the whole race weekend and five to the six next races. 
so I just fell in love with NASCAR at that point. Mm-hmm. I've been, a, I guess, a, a sucker for it ever since. And yeah. this year, me and my brother went to uh, Nashville as press with my show. So we had access to everything. It was <laughs> to keep that in mind. Yes. <laughs> so who are the three people you feel are most influential in your life? Uh, my dad is number one. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he taught us life lessons from, from the jump street. I mean, he had three boys and, uh, and our sister and having three boys is a challenge for anyone. And <laughs> all of us into one room was even more of a challenge. <laughs> We've learned, we learned lessons amongst ourselves, but dad always taught us lessons, no matter what. I mean, when we were young, we didn't look at him as lessons because no one looks at lessons from their parents when they're young. They think, yeah, whatever. That's great. Dad. Awesome. And then when I got older, I said, well, that's really, a, that, that actually mattered. Everything you told me actually worked. And, and I've told him this, I sit down on the couch when I go see him in New Jersey I say, dad, you know, everything you ever told us is real. And in my book, I thank him for that. And he was the first person that bought my book and he sat there reading it and he said it made him cry because I said, I was, but he is my number one mentor, uh, Colin Powell, uh, the late Colin Powell, yeah. probably my second, uh, second most recognizable person that I look up to. I looked at his leadership skills when I went in the military and everything he did while as a soldier and also as a diplomat, he, he was just a, a human, a great human. He did everything mm-hmm. for everybody, not just for like a, a party or this or that. He did everything to make sure that everyone was taken care of. And he had the rules he lived by and uh, his leadership rules are amazing. If you look them up online, you'll say, oh, yeah, just all common sense, but it mm-hmm. works. Everything he does works. And uh, probably uh, uh, Humberto Lopez is probably another one, like I mentioned earlier. Yes. And other NCOs I had, uh, Douglas Jones, uh, he was uh, my first platoon sergeant here at Fort Campbell when I came here in the 90s. And he took me under his wing and he was very selfless. He pushed all of us for greatness and made us go to school, made us get college, but he never pushed himself. So we all wound up passing him until towards the, as we all passed and then he finally started catching up and he was able to retire the same rank, but he should have been way higher than us. He was a great man. Oh, so wonderful. And it's, it's, you know, I'm sure there are people that will say that you are that same person too that influenced them. Just knowing you for this few moments here, I, I can feel that. I appreciate that. So it's time now for rapid fire. Right. Um, I don't keep a clock, but right. we, we try to keep the answers to just a, a minute or so. And it's just two different phrases or words that I um, have pulled out from your background. So you have written or co-written several books. Why don't you share with the audience just the titles of those books so they can run to um, Amazon and buy them? So we got 13 Step Guides to Success right here. Awesome. Oh, pictures help too. That was uh, published in uh, December 21. I'm working on The Climb right now. It's a, or Out of the Darkness. I'm sorry, I changed the title. It's a story of a young man. It's a combination of many people I met in my military career and into different characters to, to show the journey from being a warrior and then that journey back home to come home mm-hmm. from PST and all the, the challenges of that. So that hopefully will be out this December. I've been published in Purple Heart Magazine and uh, also was in the podcast magazine just recently as well. So you have two books that are near finished. You just mentioned one. What's the second one? The second one is Out of the Darkness. Out of Darkness. So this was the first one here, 13 Step Guides to Success. Uh-huh. This was my second one I started, but I finished it first. <laughs> <laughs> so um you you mentioned a little bit about ptsd um 
How impactful has that been in your life as a teacher of these folks that are be going to go into troubles? You know, when you are giving them guidance, do you have in the back of your mind they're coming home and, and how to prepare for that? I usually tell them. Uh, 03, 04, I came home and I thought I was just the same person. And my wife and daughter kept telling me, you're not, you're not the same person. Something is wrong with you. Something's wrong. It wasn't until my third deployment in uh, 2010, 11, when I came home, I actually asked for help. And I was told, no, you're, you're good. You're a senior leader. Just go back to leading. We'll take care of you later. So in 2000, after I retired, that's when I finally got help. I went to the VA and they kind of helped me, but they kind of pushed me away because I was kind of angry at the time. So I wound up going to a civilian doctor and he really helped me out. He taught me how to manage it and how to, I guess, get it off my chest, tell my story and get yeah. it off my chest. And that helped me. So when I teach the new generation of soldiers, when they're about to get on, get on that plane and say, look, man, you're going to be different when you come back, no matter how tough you think you are or how strong you think you are, your mind is going to see, you're going to see things that you're not going to be able to erase. And you got to be able to share that either openly mm -hmm. with your family or openly with someone outside of your unit to let it out of you. Because just sharing with your buddies isn't going to help because they have the same stories. You're going to laugh about it thinking it's cool, but inside you have the darkness growing on you. Yeah. And that's how we lose a lot of soldiers, even to yeah. now. I think we're 22 a day is the average, they say. Mm -hmm. And that, that factors in a lot of Vietnam vets as well. Yeah, I, was, I had a cousin who, um, for a long time, Vietnam had messed him up, but he's doing okay now. Thankfully. <laughs> so I love this next one. Challenge accepted. Definitely. <laughs> and, uh, that's uh, that's my mantra. And someone gives me a challenge. I usually, I'm not going to, they know, usually know when they get, ask a question to me, it's, it's going to be yes. Uh, last year I had a buddy ask me, hey, do you want to walk from St. Louis to, to Fort Campbell just to raise awareness wow. for for veterans and suicide. I said, yeah, he knew the answer before he even asked me, but then he bailed out. So <laughs> <laughs> did you do it? No, we're, it was supposed to be right uh, in December, but he's bailed out on me. So, uh, oh, no, no, you have to do that. You have yeah, to do uh, that. I support staff though. He was That's gonna be, <laughs> 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 all for this. It's going to hurt, but we'll do it. And yeah. We'll well, there's, <laughs> do, don't put a timeline on it, you know? All right. You talked about your podcast. You, I see it in the background there. I'd like for you to just to share a little bit um, for our audience about, you know, different guests that you have and the purpose of it and and um, how you've helped others with this podcast. Definitely. Uh, well, the Misfit Nation podcast came up as an idea at the end of the first year of pandemic 2020. I just finished my master's in Georgetown and I was about to start my uh, PhD with Liberty. So I, said, I looked at my calendar and stuff. I figured I had eight hours left a week to throw away. So I said, oh, let's start a podcast. It can't be that hard. So I wrote down some notes. I had to do it. I called up some of my former soldiers and said, look, I'm going to start a podcast. Do you mind if I use Misfits, Misfit Nation? They said, no, I'll go ahead. So my first couple episodes actually had three of my soldiers on it to tell the story of the Misfit Nation and how we became. And my goal in the beginning was to bring veterans on to tell their story, to get that story off their chest. Yeah. So they, they can release and it's out there. And I'm, I'm free now. I'm free. My story's out there. So I started that way. 
And then I was told, hey, why don't you help some veterinarians? I said, all right. So I got with the Bunker Labs. I post on their uh, Facebook. I got a bunch of veteran entrepreneurs. I call mm-hmm. them entrepreneurs to shorten that thing out. I love it. I got them on there to tell a story of their business and how they started and some tips and tricks that they'd use to get, get going. And then they still came back. Hey, can you get people on that are experts that can show us how to be a business person, how to start a business, how to write a book, how to get into music, uh, how to get to Hollywood. Mm. Well, there's a lot of stuff guys, but uh, I'll reach out. And then I started getting experts in all those fields. Yeah. I had a Navy veteran that I worked with at my first job who's actually in Hollywood. So I brought him on. I said, come on, bud. Tell him how you did it. Tell us your journey. Yeah. Hermie Castillo, great guy, came on, talked about it. He's been on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, NCIS. So he had a lot of, he had a good resume. So he was able to tell them how he did it. I had the musicians from Europe, musicians from here to come on and tell them, a writers from as far away as New Zealand, authors to tell their journey, how they became authors, uh, authors, all kinds of authors in the United States. And of course, I still bring veterans on. Anytime mm-hmm. a veteran reaches out, wants to come on, they have Wednesdays. Wednesdays, yeah. Warrior Wednesdays, is that's their slot. They can go live or recorded. It's up to them. Some of them don't want to go live. But if, as I start all transitioning to mostly live shows, they're all going to have to go live. So I have no choice, but it'll be okay. live. Then they can work with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a, awesome. it's it evolved. So it's pretty, pretty cool seeing the evolution. And I think yesterday I released episode 186. Awesome. Congratulations on that. And it's such a wonderful thing that you're doing. The last word is resilience. You talked about your dad taught you this, but what are you teaching your kids? Well, my daughter is uh, 26 now, so hopefully I taught her some good stuff. But she's pretty hard-headed. And, uh, <laughs> Where'd she, she get that from? I'd like to say her mom, but she'll definitely <laughs> Her mom, really, I mean, I wasn't home most of her younger life. Yeah. I was mm-hmm. in the military. Uh, when I retired, uh, she, got, she graduated school, and that's when our bond actually got closer. She published her book right out of high school. And me and her did the book tour together and stuff. So we got really close since I had so much time on my hands. Mm-hmm. I was able to do that stuff. But resilience, like my dad taught me, always get back up. And just watching things happen along my career, you have to be tough in life to make it through. If you keep letting things push you back, you're never going to get forward. So you got to have a strong, strong mindset and be positive as you move forward. And keep lifting yourself back up and be resilient to change. As we've seen in the last two years, change has really crippled a lot of people. some people didn't have the technology to go from being a physical worker to go to actual this virtual stuff and or didn't want to because they don't trust the computer thing so they don't want to do it so that resilience helps you to get into change and do that thing and resilience now i guess outside world being able to understand that there's a bubble around people you don't need to get involved with anymore you don't have to be in in people's face and have your resilience to stand back and have some self-regulation and and be able to adapt to the change as it has happened. And I think a lot of people have adapted pretty well. It's not what the news perceives it as, but I think uh, most people are doing pretty well with this. Wonderful, wonderful advice. My goodness. I can't believe the time has flown by here and um, definitely want to um, give the folks the opportunity to be able to get your information. So those of you that are listening in, if you get that paper and pencil, his website is, uh, as we mentioned, the misfitnation.com. That's T-H-E-M-I-S-F-I-T-N-A-T-I-O-N.com. He is on social media and luckily he used, he was able to get the great URLs of either the 
Misfit Nation or Rich LaMonica as his handle, or I guess that's what you call it. But so he's on TikTok, he's on Twitter, he's on Instagram, he's on Facebook, two places. You can get him on Facebook as the Misfit Nation or Rich LaMonica. And he is on YouTube with all those great podcasts. You want to make sure you check out the Misfit Nation podcast for sure. I'd like you, Rich, to share what you have for a gift. So for six lucky listeners, if you go to uh, www.audible.com backslash ACX dash promo, and then enter one of the codes that are below, if this will be in the notes or if you're watching. It will be. It will be in the notes. See on the screen, let's take the code, put it in there. You'll get a free download of my audio book, which was narrated by Mr. Mitch Mitchell. Oh, nice. Well, this is your last moment to get that screenshot. One, two, three. Awesome. Okay. So thank you so much for being such a wonderful guest. I have enjoyed this thoroughly getting to know you. You gave us great tips, you great, great stories. I'm sure that, as I said, we could probably have a whole section on, um, you know, what you learned during those years in the, the service. But um, I know that what you do is important, not only for the rest of us entrepreneurs out there, but also for those vetpreneurs, I'll have to practice that one, uh, <laughs> vetpreneurs, because I think that um, it is a way for them to really, I think, get their self-worth back in a lot of cases, you know, that they can, they have so much to offer and we need them. Definitely. So I'm so proud of what you do. Thank you. So again, please go to themisfitnation.com and get Rich's information. Take advantage of getting one of those free audiobooks. Uh, I will have the information also when I post this. Um, as always, I remind you that life is a journey and it is up to you to enjoy the ride. This is Vicki Nethling signing off. Thank you for tuning into the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nethling where we share impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Remember to visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast.